I'm really engrossed in this book while I was waiting for the R train, and I see a homeless guy kind of asking for money. Train pulls up. I hop on. Don't even look up from my book. Homeless guy gets on too. I go and lean on the door in between the cars, and I'm reading my book. The homeless guy starts to do his spiel. I see from the corner of my eyes I'm reading that he's kind of coming my way, so I pick up my bag and sort of move over so he can go through the cars. All of a sudden, he says, hey. I'm not going to steal your bag. I'm homeless. I'm not a thief. I finally look up from my book and I see all eyes on me. Everybody's shaking their head at me like I'm some kind of monster. And I say, no, 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 no. I was moving over so that she could pass from this car to the next. Teenage boy looks up at me and says, oh, come on, lady. We're in the last car. I look back and he's right. Everybody's staring at me in disgust, and I know the one thing I could do to save myself is give this homeless guy a dollar. But instead, I just look down and keep reading my book. Folks, hello, it's me, Dale Seaver, your host of the Deep Night Hour. It's 4 a.m. Do you know where your regrets are? <laughs> it's such a wonderful time to be around and awake. If not fully woke, then awake. Sometimes you have to settle for awake. We'd all like to be woke, but I'm involved in a lot of stuff on my phone, so I can't give all of society all of my attention all of the time. I have to have a little moment for myself in there as well. And I hope that you're getting a little time for you as you've tuned into another episode of Dale Radio, coming to you, as always, from the foul banks of the Gowanus. Now, we have not talked about our little Gowanee in some time. The truth is, the changeover by our blessed little river of stink is astounding. From week to week, month to month, the Gowanus surges and flows as giant condos rise from its shores and old businesses are forced out and artists are evicted. Nothing that was over there remains as it once was. We saw recently that a family of Canada geese had taken up residence there in the canal. Well, you can forget about trying to move in when those sons of bitches are around. Just forget it. That's gentrification for you. The geese are the final straw. Geestrification. Did all the ducklings die upon contact with the water? Yes. But I tell you what, you see a goose or a gosling paddling by, best to just buy a house in Bay Ridge and get over with it. Get thee to Canarsie! Because <laughs> no way anybody can afford to live where the gaggles are going. The Canada goose loves pour-over coffee, reclaimed wood paneling, and expensive variations of Southeast Asian street food. Harbingers of doom! That's why they fly in a V formation, folks. The V stands for vacate this area. It belongs to the rich. <laughs> I mentioned something about this in my last episode, folks, but I've been dealing with rejection. Now, one could say, and I believe it was listener Cody from Scottsdale, who did in fact say, Dale, your whole life has been rejection. Cody left that for me in a three-part voicemail that I received on my business line, and he's right. I have faced massive rejection on this path to stardom. But when it all comes at once, it's hard to remember that there are good things happening as well. Did I land a great new podcasting platform? No. I did not. Did I sneak into a major publication? No, again. And here I'm basically telling you the answer by asking the question. Comedy festivals, invitations to cool parties, the co-ed naked reading club, I've been told no thanks by so many people. It's just starting to wear me down, is all, to be completely honest. 
But, Dale, you sound like a negative Nancy. What about the floor wax commercials? True, I have been paid in several hundred bottles of America's leading floor wax. So, I do have very shiny floors. As it turns out, I also have shiny teeth, because I accidentally used it as a mouthwash. Refreshing! Not unlike eating a Hershey bar. When I look at this show, and all the wonderful people we've had on this program, well, it does give me a little bit of hope, it does. We've had Oscar winners, and Peabody winners, and stars of SNL, and Comedy Central, and all manner of winningish things. And I'd like to bring your attention to a couple of fine items for you to catch up on from our guest, Anna Dresden. I love my conversation with Anna. She's a stand-up and a wonderful improviser, and she has a book out right now called How May We Hate You, based on her experiences as a concierge in a major New York City hotel. You'll recall that we even talked about this project and its origins in our chat together back in Season 6. Oh, do you remember Season 6? I don't. The book is available for order or purchase wherever books are sold, or in certain places you may have to barter for one. I suggest not selling your body unless there's absolutely no other choice. It's a fun read. And our dear friend Phoebe Robinson has tons and tons of tons of things happening for her. Oh, my gosh, she's got a new book coming out as well called You Can't Touch My Hair and other things I still have to explain. So look for that along with her podcast Two Dope Queens with Jessica Williams from The Daily Show. I'd also suggest seeking out her project for Refinery29, part of a slew of new lady-centric comedies, uh, uh, videos that have been masterminded by our most excellent producer, Julie Miller. Julie uh, did our series, our web series, uh, Spending Time With, and now she's got some amazing projects in the, worth, in the works, and, uh, and they're all worth it, <laughs> not the least of which uh, is part of this Refinery29 Slater show. It's called Womanhood, with former guests Joe Firestone and Aparna Nancherla, quite possibly one of the funniest things out there right now, I dare say. I did it. I said it. Seek it out. Success is possible. That's what it tells me. All these wonderful people, anybody that's been on this show, you go through the list of the friends on this show, uh, of former guests, and uh, my gosh, they're all doing so well. It has to give you a little bit of hope. It has to. Uh, now, onto the show. Onto, the, onto today's show, this rocket ship to stardom that I'm on. We're fortunate today to have a short character portrait. Uh, you remember those? We used to do those a lot. Uh, I got one up again, and the voice you heard at the top of this program is not mine. Surprise! But uh, that was a friend of this show, Julie Katakis. And isn't that the way of things? I love subway stories. I can do a whole show about people on subways and what you're interacting uh, with. Uh, today on the subway, for instance, I saw a woman furiously tearing up her mail and putting it into a plastic bag for later re insertion into her larger bag. She drank a uh, like a, a muscle milk first. You got to get a lot of energy going if you're going to rip up all your mail. And then piece by piece, she looked at it, opened it, uh, read it, and then tore it into little bits and stuffed it in this plastic bag. Very curious. If you're an identity theft, wouldn't you want all of the pieces to be together and collected in a plastic waterproof, trash-proof bag that you could then just tape together. Anyhow, I don't know what uh, goes on in the mind of evildoers, but uh, Julie, I, fell, I, felt, I felt you uh, on this one. <laughs> I had to complete that sentence, otherwise I was getting in trouble. But uh, I've often tried to move out of the way of somebody in all manners of places, uh, only to find myself more in the way. And luckily, there have only been a few times where this resulted in public screaming. Julia uh, Julie is a stand-up comic and attorney. 
How about that? And a funny video maker, and she has a podcast that's out there called The Julie is Alone Show. Julieisalone.com is her website, and The Weird Julie is her Twitter handle. Julie, we hope you're doing okay. I encourage you to check out Julie and uh, uh, her work and maybe make her feel less alone. My goodness. <laughs> yeah, we got to get... Uh, Julie has some friends on there. My guest today... Is a delightful comedian. I think you'll, you'll as you listen, you'll find she's one of a kind, uh, a performer, a visual artist, an animator, uh, and a really wonderful soul. Uh, as is the case with so many people on the show, uh, you'll you'll no doubt be hearing a great deal about her very soon, very soon. Uh, so let's go now to my conversation with uh, New York comedian Mary Houlihan. <laughs> Oh my God, Mary Houlihan, lady about town. <laughs> How are you? Good. Good. Welcome How are you? to the show. Uh, it's uh, I'm so glad you could join me. Same. This is terrific. A multi-talented individual that's made a number of the top uh, uh, comedians to watch lists. I know. Uh, uh, congratulations on all your success. I gather you had a big evening last night. Yes, I had a big evening. <laughs> <laughs> what were you doing? Um, I had a callback audition for Montreal just for laughs. That's how they. That's how everybody talks in Montreal too, yeah. isn't it? Kind of a hushed but excited <laughs> a whisper. A harsh whisper. <laughs> that's yeah. kind of like you're at a, a truck rally, but uh, you're maybe a golf announcer. Yeah. How did it go? Now, just to explain, before you answer, mm. uh, sorry to interrupt, but uh, Just for Laughs, a big, big comedy festival in Montreal where everybody who's everybody gets discovered. Yeah. And people freak over it. <laughs> people freak out. So I'm glad that it's over. So you, you made it through whatever the first hurdle was. Yeah. Which is what? Because I don't know anything about it, really, the actual process of it. So the first thing I did, I was in the character division. Character There's also division. a stand-up division. So I sent a video of three characters, and then they sent me an email and said, you're invited to the audition. <laughs> and so then I had my first audition at UCB East, and yep. that went great. And then I got another email, you're coming back. To another audition. Well, that's terrific. And mm -hmm. where were you when you got that news? Did you know you did pretty good in the first one? Yeah, I think so. You felt good about it? Yeah. So. And is it material you've done for a long time? Yes. The first audition, I did this character, Hot Mary. I don't know if you've seen that. This is the kind of uh, a long, dark hair a yeah. gal in the shorts. <laughs> okay. Yes. So I did her for like the whole time, and I had a guy... Like a guy that's really good at beatboxing and Hot Mary rapped and it was a whole thing. So they liked that, but they were like, next time, do more than one thing, you goof. Oh, sure. So. so you do that for what, five minutes or so? Uh, What's yeah, the time? seven. Seven minutes yes. of Hot Mary yes. rapping <laughs> with a beatboxer mm -hmm. and you get called back and they want to, do they tell you they want to see more characters? Yeah. Yeah. So you had some other ones uh, on deck. Yeah. And who were they? Um, I did Stevie Nicks. I've been doing her for a while. Yes. And I did Barack Obama. And I did Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah. All, all natural ones. Yeah. <laughs> I would uh, <laughs> peg you for. Yeah. Yeah. 
How does the Barack go? Uh, 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 social? Mm, Malia? Uh, America? Yeah, and that's right. Just that's a right lot on. of that. And as Stevie Nicks, can I get you to do a little mm-hmm. Stevie Nicks? Okay, let me think. What should she say? Uh, well, what she was saying last night was like, Ooh, everybody, let me see you do the Fleetwood Mac club. <laughs> Ladies. <laughs> yeah, just a lot of yeah, um, neighing, I guess. That worked. Almost like a, like a lamb. Or yeah, like a, sheep. a sweet lamb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and you felt like it went well, this callback. Yes, I think I felt more confident after the first one, though. Yeah. But I still think it was good. Maybe they'll pick me. Maybe they won't. How many uh, people were up there with you? Uh, I think there were eight in my showcase. And there were two other days in New York. And they also did it in other cities. Sure, so. sure. And it's a kind of a weird time, right? Isn't it? Like yeah. in the midday. Yeah, it was at 6 p.m. 6 p.m. is tough to get a crowd at that time. Yeah. I would imagine. It's weird. Yeah. <laughs> the sun is out. Yeah. 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 Not that, I mean, I've done shows in basements for nobody, but it's, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> it can always be Yeah, but be then tough people are revved up in a basement. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But you had some people that were there and excited to see yeah, you, I'm sure. Yeah, people were revved. They know that it's a big deal. Your yeah. friends or whoever was there. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, that's great. Congratulations. I, uh, fingers crossed. Thanks. I hope that it hap- hope that it all goes well. Do you, uh, do do you generally like to see character stuff? Uh, yeah, I guess so. I tell you why because I like uh, why I ask that question because I like characters. Mm-hmm. Sure, I this show has a focus on characters and comedy mm-hmm. uh, all this season. That's what we've been talking about. But the, I'm walking down the street uh, down here. I went to, for a ham sandwich, uh, uh, not the not the drag uh, performer who I right, had on right, last right. week. But I went to actually get a a, a sandwich of ham, and uh, I'm walking down there, and there's a billboard for this uh, Lily Singh, who I guess is a YouTube star. I don't I don't know her from from anything. She's eight million followers. God bless her. There's a picture of her wearing a wig uh, and, like, a fake beard, and she's clearly doing a character. Oh, different characters featured for YouTube, whatever. But I see that image with the wig and the fake beard, and I cringe. I have a, mm. I have a physical reaction to that thing. I'm sure it's funny. Maybe. Maybe. It might not. I'm not totally 100% confident it's that it's okay funny. It's okay if it's not funny. But There's nothing have... wrong with you. No, thank you. You might be right. Thank you. Do you have that sense, though? I feel like sometimes, often, around characters, I'll have a like, oh, gosh. Mm. And then I'll get into it, and it's fine. But like, when I think about going to see it, I have a little, a little pang of, oh, my gosh. What's I, this going to be? When I'm not pleased seeing characters, uh, I feel like a lot of times you're at a show that's like variety. People are doing stand-up and this and that, and then someone does characters, and nine times out of ten, they're practicing for a showcase, and yeah. they're like not like treating it like it's a show with an audience that is like happy to be there. And so their set is just like... I'm going to do some characters, okay, uh, this is whatever. And they just, like, act like they don't care, and they'll, like, do a character and then take off a wig and be like, that sucked, um, okay, next. And you're like, jeez, <laughs> act like you're having fun. That's right. That's an yeah. incredibly uncomfortable so, situation to be in. That's when I don't like seeing them. Mm-hmm. But I like it when people are super into it. 
Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And then when everybody's, when it's part of the whole. Yeah. When they address the fact. Yeah. I like that. But when do you hear about this just just for laughs? Just cycle back to that for one brief second. Mm, when, I, when, when do you find out? I think in a month. All right. Yeah. And when does the actual thing happen? July. July. I think. Yeah. And you have an agent and all that stuff? Yes, I have an agent. Oh, c- yeah. congratulations. Thanks. She's that's... so nice and cool. Yeah, well, yeah. that's what you want an agent, I've, right? I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want them to be mean. No, no, not working on your behalf, Mm-mm. certainly. Um, well, did you think you'd be performing at this level when you were there high on a hill in San Francisco at the Art Institute there? Oh, hmm. I don't know. Because towards the end of my time there, I was very like, uh, oh, wow, I want to be one of these people that's writing Eastbound and Down or The Office or something. Yeah, you uh, already had a little desire to be in a, a performing. Yeah, so I wanted to figure out how to get a writing job. So then I figured out that those people <laughs> often are comedians first. So... Yeah, I don't know what I was thinking. Maybe I probably would have been like, oh, The Office will be in their 14th season and I'll <laughs> play the new secretary. You'll glide yeah. in. <laughs> yeah. Pam will have moved on. Mm-hmm. It'll be time. Well, let's go back to those days if we can yeah. uh, to San Francisco. Uh, I lived in the Bay Area in San Francisco for a number of years. And uh, I go back to Sketchfest. Uh, the past three years, I've been, gone back. To, you you did your first one this year? Mm-hmm. How was it? It was so fun. It's a good time, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. I think that's among the best festivals in the country. Yeah. Not that I've done any more than that one, but it seems like they treat everybody yeah. real, uh, real nice. I really liked and you it. Get, do you meet anybody exciting? Yeah. Um, I was lucky to uh, just be on this so great show, I think, because... The video that I submitted was a character thing, mm-hmm. not stand-up. So they were like, oh, we have this character show you can do. And it was uh, like a debate, and it uh-huh. was with Matt Besser and James Adomian sure. and Paul Gilmartin and this other guy that was so funny, and I forget his name. That's right. It's a, that's a good lineup. Yeah, a, I was like, oh, my God, these are all people I know, and they're older <laughs> than me, and Wow. That's pretty. So you submitted just as a regular, as a performer, and yeah. they they uh, booked you into that slot. Yeah. Ah. So. Uh huh. Yeah. Fascinating. That was so fun. That must have been. It a thr- was a thrill. It right? was. It was. Uh, uh, we had Matt Besser on the show, oh, and nice. just a great guy. Yeah. Great. I enjoyed talking to him. And uh, Adomian, well, you you could do worse oh than that. Oh my god. That's uh, that's. Uh... He's been like my favorite. So to be on stage with him. And was wiping the- uh, saliva off of his face. It was a dream. <laughs> that's it, isn't it? Yeah. That's what we, that's what we all hope for. Was he doing his Bernie thing? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He is the best Bernie out there. Yeah. For my money. Mm-hmm. Uh, so before this last, when you were there, when you were living there, I want to know what your first impression was of San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Was it part of a tour of colleges that you went on, or did you apply and sort of uh, just go for it? Well, the first time I went there, my sister lived there, and she's older than me, so maybe I was like 12 when I visited or something, and so I guess I just remember it as like the tourist spots. Yeah. Like I remember going to the wharf and 
Gotta hit the wharf. Walking down H Street and seeing the ruffians. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ben and Jerry's. Yeah. So <laughs> that was my very first impression. Um, yeah. When I first moved there, our dorms were in the Tenderloin, which is like oh my God. <laughs> uh, pretty not safe and strange what, what were they neighborhood. Uh, yeah. Cheap. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so it's still was, a strange neighborhood. Yeah. Um, so that's just such a weird place to live. That'll toughen you up right, like right quick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like my freshman year when like everyone's still meeting each other and like what activity should I do with these new friends? I feel like all the time we would go to Golden Gate Park and like sit on Hippie Hill and uh, go look at the what do you call it drum circle oh gosh and like stuff that now i'm like what <laughs> i did that several times well because you're an art student you can be forgiven for yeah. some of these indulgences and you can probably draw on it now in a comedy career yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh the drum circles there's nothing like those drum circles of mm -hmm. golden gate park i mean really yeah but of then that, later, that kind of thing. I was like a, a cool bike girl by the oh. end. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you I'd, could escape the drums. Yeah, I'd ride bikes. I'd freaking hang out. <laughs> to the Art Institute on the top of that hill where you'd ride a bike? Yeah, I'd ride a bike there. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's so high. I know. Uh, to be honest, I would walk my bike up that half walk. <laughs> yeah there's no way you could ride it down maybe but even that would be That's scary dangerous yeah you gotta be careful <laughs> and what made you decide to go there oh gosh well okay well i liked art in high school and i also didn't like high school very much yeah. so usually those two things go together yeah <laughs> i guess that's right so I had loaded up on my course curriculum so that I could graduate early. And so I feel like I was like a good student, but since I didn't really have a year of like doing AP classes or all these right. things people do when they're thinking about college super hard, I wasn't thinking about that. I think in retrospect, if I was in high school longer, I probably would have applied to smarter places <laughs> or something <laughs> but yeah i think i was kind of like oh i like art and i have a portfolio that would get me in somewhere and you'd been there once before so yeah and my mom also like because i had been talking about maybe wanting to go to art school and she it's like i met this woman at a wedding and she said that she went to this school do you want to <laughs> apply some lady liked it maybe you'll like it Moms are just trying to help, aren't they? Mm -hmm. And they come across somebody that has some connection, and they and they pursue it. Yeah. God bless them. Really, it's a, it's a, it's a, they just want what's best for you. Mm -hmm. You don't realize when you're just casually dropping things about a school that you could have an impact. Yeah. <laughs> and change somebody's life. Yeah. Got to be careful at these cocktail yeah. parties. When not oh the mom, God. but you're the other person. Yeah. Try chatting it up. Uh, I had some of those influences. 
You know, people are saying, well, this is a good school because such and such went there. I have the neighbor kid and all this kind of stuff. And then you find yourself on a trajectory that you can't uh, escape. <laughs> but uh, it sounds like it worked out okay for yeah. you. And uh, you studied painting, mm-hmm. which is one of the hardest ones, I think. Oh, yeah. It, because it can be anything. I guess so. Anything can be anything. Yeah, but painting is really like it's just you. It, painting can be anything. It can be on anything. Hmm. You can make it whatever. It has no function. Yeah. Really? <laughs> I mean, sculpture is hard, from yeah. what I can tell. Uh, but, gosh, the painting one, is, it always seemed trickier to me. Yeah, it's really easy to mess up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you go out and you look in the world and you think, well, okay, yeah. they, they made that. I don't need to make that again. Yeah. What What, what now? Anyway, I, I commend you for pursuing it because it was, uh, I just couldn't, I couldn't, uh, it was too open for me. Mm. Too open. If I had wanted to pursue that, it was true. Uh, so um, I like to go up to the roof of that place, San Francisco Art Institute. Oh, yeah. You go take sometimes my wife, my then wife, and I would go up there uh, just to have a slice of pizza. Oh, yum. And just sit up there and look because you get a nice view of Alcatraz. Yeah. And all the water and Koi Tower. My, it's it's very such a nice. beautiful view. Beautiful up there. I went up there. At a sketch fest because my show was at Cobb's, which oh, is right, right there. next to right there. Yeah, so it's fun to hop up there in the nighttime and be there by myself. Yeah, and also when I was up there, I was thinking, wow, there's like no security there's here. Absolutely <laughs> zero there. Yeah. Wow, you can walk in any time. Think that's... of all the creeps that could have been here <laughs> when I was working hard. <laughs> I guess that's true. I used to like to go to that Mario's Bohemian Cigar Store too. You remember mm-hmm. that place? Yeah. Did you ever go there? They had just a little panini press and really great tiramisu. Anyhow, I loved it. I had a great time. And uh, the school, you're not without a a strong cohort of alumni Mm. at that uh, particular, and I will call out uh, Mary Lynn Rayscub. Oh, yeah. And uh, Karen Finley, maybe less so, Mm. uh, 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 Devendra Banhart, a lot of other people. Um, But Mary Lynn, close to to what in that uh, she was somebody that went there and then pursued comedy yeah afterwards her her early comedy uh, a little out there i don't think i'm super familiar with it that's that's what i recall yeah slightly confrontational a little weird i'll check it out i feel like uh the only stuff i've seen of her is like post 24 and so kind of talking about what her real life is after being on a famous show. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Right. That sounds interesting. I want to check Yeah, that I think out. it's worth digging up some of that stuff. Uh, and SFI, of course, has uh, famously had new genres. Yeah. Which is another <laughs> one of these so open it can be anything. Yeah. It's a catch all. Uh, I think they worked to define what that was going to be, but that was where what happened performance, art, yeah. video stuff, anything. Did you, were you involved in that? Um, I took a new genres class my first semester and I just so hated it <laughs> and never went back. <laughs> but you got into animation while you were there? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, through new genres or just through the film department? No. Um, how did it start? Well, heck, I took a class once with, uh, Jason Yeagle. Do you know him? Sure. Yeah. So... I own one of his drawings. Oh, cool. He's a great His drawings guy. are great. Beautiful. So he did, he was like a visiting teacher, so had one of those classes that's kind of specific 
or has some sort of weird theme. Uh, uh, n- known as a kind of a, a painter, certainly. He's a great draftsman, uh, illustrator. He's yes. done kind of the, some of the MF Doom album covers. Yes. You've probably seen his stuff <laughs> Just on albums. A, a big mural. Handsome guy. Oh, yeah. A very handsome guy. Yeah. Also talented, <laughs> so, but, a, but a handsome guy. Uh, I started making animations in his class, and I kind of... Um, he was like not a favorite teacher. I feel like he was like kind of a jerk. <laughs> to, to you or to everybody? To everybody. Oh, okay. But I think in his class was kind of like a big turning point where, I don't know, I guess like the stuff that we looked at, like when he would show slides of artists, it was stuff that was very contemporary. Like there was one day he showed us a ton of slides and there was stuff like, uh, this artist, everything they make is a uh, like cut out paper. Yes. Uh, this person does. What did we look at? Uh, what's his name that did the the OJ rotoscoping? Uh, Koda. Yeah. Koda Zawa. Yeah. Yeah. So all like stuff like that. That was like painting adjacent. Yeah. But. Yeah like playing with the medium and in a way that I liked so much more than like new genres which was too like spacey and so conceptual that there isn't even anything physical to look at yes so it became problematic for that uh, department yeah Yeah. so then I was thinking like oh I want to make crap like this so (laughs) then I started playing with construction paper and made cartoons and then um, then I kept making cartoons, and it was fun to learn new ways to make them. That's an incredibly uh, uh, labor-intensive process, though, is it? Or no? Yes, but it's fun. <laughs> you're kind of in that mode when you're in school, I guess. I guess so, yeah. yeah. So that did that become the focus of most of what you were doing? Uh, yeah, I guess like 50-50 animation and painting. And, yeah. and you still do uh, the paintings mm-hmm. as animations, in a sense, uh, in your current uh, uh, job, which we, we'll talk about in, in a little, in just a moment. Um, but uh, your idea of fun is not necessarily going gallery hopping. Oh no! <laughs> no, uh, I hear you. The art yeah. world is a bunch of squares. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, gosh, everybody's in black. But it's. Um, uh, did you do you go to see anything that uh, might? Uh, Tickle your fancy. I'm thinking of the Nicole Eisenman show that's over here at the New Museum, mm. which uh, you know ordinarily I don't get out that much to see these kind of things. But it's a great, uh, it's a great show. It's a painter, very funny. Uh, also, the Fishley and Weiss uh, show up there at the Guggenheim. Some funny stuff. There's funny lines in there. I should go. More. You should go. Treat yourself to an afternoon. Yeah. Uh, and, and go to a couple of these shows because I, I just from a comedy standpoint, it's interesting to see how it infiltrates the other yeah aspects of our society outside of basements and yeah theaters and all this kind of thing, bars. Um, who was uh, attacked up on your walls uh, for in your studio? What artists were you drawing some inspiration from? Mm, I liked Kota Izawa a lot. Like, that was kind of what I was doing. I would take scenes from movies and then recreate it in these kind of uh, crudely cut construction paper cutouts. Uh, 
you were doing the Todd Haynes movies or something? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Todd Salons. Oh, sorry. Same thing. You could do a Todd Haynes movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you do a safe... Wait, wait, right? Isn't that him? Uh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. You, but you I were liked, doing Welcome to the Dollhouse. Yeah. Yeah. So I liked that stuff a lot. I liked a lot of, like, painting-wise. I feel like everyone there that time like loves the mission school kind of people and yeah sign painting style like we're, we're uh, talking about your uh, margaret kilgallen's your barry mcgee's chris johansson yeah uh, so i like that stuff a lot others yeah <laughs> a big wave that went through in the in the 2000s yeah uh, late 90s i guess through there so you were looking at that kind of stuff too yeah, that was like the hot trend. I feel like everyone in my class was like, you know, doing that, but like slightly theirs in some way, but like extremely that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Hard to avoid. Yeah, it is. I think especially there. And uh, I gather you didn't see a lot of comedy in San Francisco. That no. wasn't a thing for you. Yeah. It just didn't register, even though you had aspirations to become a writer. Uh, yeah. For a comedy thing, you didn't think to seek it out, or what? No, I just thought it only existed in New York and L.A. <laughs> I was like, they don't have TV shows here, so sure, probably no one's uh, doing comedy at all, right? <laughs> no, it's not true. There I was, guess, there was some good know, stuff going on there. I guess just like most people that I meet now that like don't go to comedy shows actively, like they know like some comedy club that they walk by and <laughs> right. oh they must have good shows right and you're like ah. <laughs> like that's what i was like i just knew oh there's cops and the punchline and it and never I, occurred I will to me never that, go in <laughs> yeah i went to cops once uh i never thought like oh there's probably young people doing something cool comedy wise right Right. Never <laughs> thought about it. <laughs> not, not on the radar. Um, well, I, I, I like it out there. What made you want to move away? Um, well, I'm from New Jersey, so... Northern? Yeah. Yeah. So I really wanted to come back here, and... Family's still here? Family's still here, and I think I just didn't really feel like that was... My well, home. For you, really, New York and L.A. were the only things that existed. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I just felt like when I was in San Francisco, it's kind of like, uh, maybe next year I'll start to feel settled. And then that just, like, never happened. Yeah. So. You were there at a kind of weird time for the city, too. Yeah. Uh, going through some pretty chaotic economic uh, times. Yeah. A lot of people being pushed out. It's nuts. Now. Right now, it, it's yeah. crazy. I lived there during the um, first tech bubble, mm -hmm. which is tremendously exciting <laughs> to have the Pets.com puppet oh, yeah. there on the block and then watch it implode in all the spaces where they came in and bought up all... <laughs> Went yeah. away. You people would be working at a company, and then the company would be selling off its office furniture the next oh, day, no. and you felt for them because yeah. they all bought into this idea. But it was a, uh, it's for housing and for artists and for all this. It was the first uh, push of, yeah, everybody out. We want we want to put in some things here. Yeah, when I lived there, which was five years ago, um, 
I lived in a very fun and nice apartment and my rent was $500. It was in the Mission, which is a very hip neighborhood. It was in a safe part as well. It wasn't yeah. sketchy. And now when you go there, it's like, well, you know, it's like when you're in uh, Williamsburg at the waterfront, it's just everything's yeah built up and... Now, I would imagine you probably can't get a room for like less than 1200 or something. I think that would be That's, a steal. Yeah. I think that would be a steal. It's so sad. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It is. And it's uh, having a profound effect on the on the culture there. Yeah. It's always a place where people go to find their fortunes and uh, reinvent themselves and let, let whatever happens, happens. But I think it's a little... Uh, I guess it seems a little out of yeah. control with this. Maybe the wealth is just that much different. I don't know. I don't know what it was like in the gold times, right. but uh, I guess it's like starting to resemble New York City. Yeah, of like Manhattan is like, oh, you can't live there unless your dad's the prince of so. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of foreign investment coming yeah. in. But now you come to New York, as you said, five years ago. You discover new, the comedy scene very quickly. You ascend through the ranks. Yeah. <laughs> quite rapidly what was the night uh, that you felt like oh, okay I got this mm. when it comes to comedy because you uh, you were kind of exploratory about it you were doing some funny animations mm -hmm. but then to actually get up and stand in front of people uh, one what was the, what was the moment where you had the courage to do that and then two where did you feel like oh okay um, I can do this so first I did improv classes before I started doing solo stuff yeah so that made me feel like I was comfy on stage. You're part of a little group or something yeah. too, a scene, a class. People will laugh if I'm up there. Yeah. It'll be fine. <laughs> Is um, it at UCB or someplace else? Yeah, yeah, UCB. And the first time I went to an open mic, it was just like horrendous. Oh my God. <laughs> I did so poorly and like did not prepare. You have in jokes the way or that just I, ca a character stuff? I had jokes, I guess. <laughs> Like, I'm not convinced. <laughs> they were more just like funny thoughts, like premises, I guess. Uh, so yeah, I did that once and was like, oh, I'm, I'll yeah, I'll do it again soon, and like you know, didn't for a long time, and then, uh, and then I just had like a rough couple months where my apartment flooded <laughs> and uh due to someone else's actions yeah hurricane sandy <laughs> oh <laughs> and yeah. uh i was just working at like this very garbage job and so then i like moved home to new jersey and then quit my job and yeah i just felt like oh, i'm not doing anything i need to do something so then i was like oh i should i should go do that comedy thing i'm not bogged down with a shitty job so <laughs> and you i had the freedom to to pursue it wholeheartedly yeah. so i like bought a book about <laughs> how to do comedy really yes that's and what it's called what was it called is it just called Stand-Up Comedy by Judy Carter? Do you know that? I don't know it. I feel like a lot of people buy it when they start. I love that. I think that. it's called Stand-Up Comedy, the book. 
You know, and... in six years of interviewing people, no one has ever told me about this book. Really? Maybe that's what I'm doing wrong. Yeah. So I read the whole stand-up thing comedy, the book, and like underlined stuff, and was like, yes. I'm going to really write down jokes that are funny, and I'll be overprepared, and I'll go. <laughs> so, yeah, I just had, like, manic energy of, yes, I will master this. I'm going to get a 4.0 at uh, open mics. <laughs> <laughs> so you're uh, from home in New mm-hmm. Jersey. Uh, you're taking the train in and doing comedy, or did you come yes. back into the city? I would take the train or drive in, <laughs> and then I would go to like so many a night because it was also like I came all the way here. Yeah, so you have to I'd, like make the most of this. And what's the circuit when you do that? Oh God, um, I would go to an open mic in the East Village at 4 p.m. Wow. And I know. How was that? A hot show? It's like insane to me to think about now. <laughs> like when I think of like how awful they were. And that at the time I was like, <laughs> waiting my turn. <laughs> right. right. Like Paying your yeah. dues. Was anybody like there? Uh, other than the just, other comics? Just the comics. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And then I guess I would go to one that starts at five or six. Probably in the East Village or off the Bedford L and then I guess the creek in the cave most days has like a mic at six or a mic at eight in Long Island City yeah Queens yeah (laughs) (laughs) and what time do you leave to come come in and do this stuff you're on the New Jersey Transit or the path or whatever yeah so if I'm gonna do a 4pm then I'll leave at (laughs) 3 And then at the pit, they used to have late mics, like 11 p.m. Uh-huh. So that would be my last one. And then back on the train yeah. and back out there. <laughs> it sounds crazy <sighs> to yeah. me now. I, I'm, I'm fascinated. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're the first. I, sorry for going so far into the minutiae of this, but uh, I, I haven't talked to anybody really about what it's like to, to do this, to come mm-hmm. from, uh, to, to basically start it zero yeah uh, people find UCB and then miraculously they're on Comedy Central or something it seems <laughs> but there mm-hmm. is this uh, work that has and I know that there's work that goes into it but uh, it's really that it's that yeah <laughs> it's that depressing that's a 4 yeah. p.m. open mic I guess you're just around uh, people that are equally excited yeah and there's always people that are just starting that are I mean, that, no. is the, that is the thing. That's the gig, right? That's yeah. You've got to do that. So I feel like it's like easy to just not think it sucks because <laughs> it's, oh, that's so-and-so right. that I see every day. They're my friend now. <laughs> right. And are you, are you close with people you came up with through that? Uh, yes, a few. Yeah, a couple of them are still at it. Yeah. I feel like when I first started... Uh, the people that I would hang around a lot with, I think are not like in my close circle now. I think now, I feel like after a while you just gravitate to people that have like a similar style to yeah. you or something. Yeah. Yeah. But well, um, yeah, I remember Julio Torres and Joe Rumrill, um, 
when I first started, I think they were also starting, and we all had these <laughs> I, short. I can't imagine Julio silly one-liners. Yeah, so I feel like they were like two of my first yeah. friends that I'm still friends with now. Yeah. That makes sense. I think there's a certain uh, rhythm, a certain off kilterness to, yeah, to both of those like, guys. Oh, they're like me. Yeah. <laughs> we should hang out. <laughs> yeah, they're all kind of all from the same planet in a yeah. in a way. Um, and the night that you felt like, okay, this is this is happening. Hmm. I don't know. I guess just when I was going to open mics, especially the ones that are like at eight p.m. and people are like excited and actually laughing and maybe there's real people there i feel like when i would do good at those i would just feel like oh yeah right yes people are delighted when i go up (laughs) this is really cool it's such a good feeling yeah i would feel so nice (laughs) (laughs) and uh you incorporate the the animation with the performance when did that happen Mm, do you do that now you do right um, just with cartoon, well, uh, at Cartoon Monsoon, we like show people's cartoons in between our live stuff. And yeah, I feel like, uh, well, when I did my one woman show that had like animations in between sketches and also my sketch group meet, we did a show a couple times that had lots of audio visual elements that's always exciting isn't yeah. it yeah <laughs> you gotta have a good steady tech hand yeah on that uh on that um and so the cartoon monsoon though mm-hmm. how where does that happen within the trajectory because you're doing the open mics you kind of find a little bit of your uh group your gaggle there mm-hmm. and then uh you you and joe come up with this idea to do a kind of a twisted morning cartoon yeah. uh, show, Captain Kangaroo-esque. We are a year old. A year old. A cartoon Monsoon is a year old. Yes. I think our first show was uh, March 2015. Oh, so it's, it's even more recent than I thought. And that way you did a show down in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and that was your idea? Yes, both of ours. Yeah. What, what drew you to wanting to uh, do do that because then you could were you doing characters the whole time um we're kind of being ourselves like within your own comedy when you were doing the uh once you moved past mm. the awkward joke stage of open mics were you starting mm-hmm. to fold in more characters and things uh i don't know i feel like most of the time i'm being myself and i'm doing jokes and we'll maybe do like a this is so and so okay now it's me again like i'm you're the reference point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I usually don't do stuff where I'm a character the whole time. Uh, I can't so, imagine doing that. Yeah. <laughs> Exhausting. Uh, but me and Joe both kind of have similar stage personas in our stand-up. <laughs> um, like, just like stupid idiot. <laughs> like Jack Handy or Chris Elliott. Just a gleeful person that doesn't know that they're being dumb, I guess. Uh So in our show, we're like those, we're pretty much like our stand-up people, exaggerated. And And you pull an animation that's not only your own, but from all over? Yeah. It's a kind of curated um, animation showcase along with these character bits. 
Yeah. You as these kind of heightened versions of yourselves plus other characters cycle through. Is that mm-hmm. correct? Um, and so you do it in Philadelphia and have a good reception. Come up here and start doing it. And now it's it's ongoing. I didn't realize it was still still oh, happening. Oh, yeah. Ah. Where does it happen? It's uh, every first Friday of the month at the Annoyance Theater. Oh, it's very regular. Yeah. Oh, terrific. Uh, and the one-woman show mm-hmm. was called what? Live and good. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> and it was, I'm sure. Uh, mm-hmm. it, you were kind of a poking fun at the traditional setup of a one-woman show, right? It's a kind of meta experience, or am I wrong? Uh, kind of. I guess, again, it's like a stupid person. <laughs> and she, I think, truly wants it to be like a one-woman show like a vagina monologues a very serious thing right but uh unplanned obstacles keep arising (laughs) so the show is mostly her uh dealing with attackers i guess (laughs) fighting off people yeah yeah um and then having breakdowns about how poorly it's going and then maybe she'll have some sort of uh, guardian angel archetype who helps her to do the show good. <laughs> I feel like that's usually the pattern. Yeah. yeah. Have you had somebody like that in your life? <gasps> yeah. I think my brother is like that to me. Oh. Yeah. He's got you out of a tough spot? Yes. Yeah, related yeah. to the flood or unrelated to the flood? No, I think when I was a teen, he was very kind to me and uh, would like lend me books uh, and we would watch TV shows together. And yeah, so I, uh, uh, you know, like I'd be like, oh, these things are great and exciting and would kind of feel like. Mm, I don't know. Made me feel more aspirational instead of feeling just like, uh, what's the point of anything? Uh." You could get a little gloomy gush there. Yeah. Yeah. A little sad about the state. Yes. Of the the things. Yeah. Which happens. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. Do you still battle with that kind of business? Um, Yes. Yeah. Depression stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we all do. It's true. It's true. Well, maybe not everybody to the same degree. Right. I know some people have less of a, you know, it's a scale or a spectrum or something. Yeah. Um, but uh, what do you normally do to, to does the work assist in helping you climb out of that? Um, it does. I think it's good to express yourself to write or draw or something because. It's like hard to put a lot of your feelings into words. Yeah. So the more you can chuck them out through something, the better. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, I see a therapist. Um, I just recently went on antidepressants for the first time in my life. Great. That's working? I found it very helpful. So I would say to the listeners, if the... You don't like the idea of it. I'm going to tell you. I also thought it sounded weird. Yeah. But then when I started taking them, I was like, oh, that was stupid to not do this earlier. I would have a natural resistance to it. Yeah. And and and, 
and do have a natural reason not that I would have. Um, yeah. I felt like it was important to uh, get stronger through sheer will or something. That's what it feels like, right? We yeah. can just do this. It's yeah, the, like uh, it's lazy. Like you're somehow to... weaker for seeking that as, a, as an answer. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. I mean, I've had I've had those times, those dark times, and uh, um, I remember distinctly feeling like the, I, it's not so much that I had uh, uh, end of life thoughts or that kind of thing, but that I would just want to be institutionalized. Oh, you know, wow. Get my three square meals and uh, have everything be nice and white, and uh, the clothing and the sheets, just crisp, yeah. clean sheets and all that. I don't have to worry about any of that stuff. Somebody will come in and clean. Things. That's still very appealing to me. Yeah. Not, uh, <laughs> I'm feeling good now, but uh, I remember in, in some of the, the times where I, I felt low, uh, just the, the idea of being institutionalized was incredibly appealing to me. Uh, wow. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like a hotel. Yeah, right? Yeah. Like just a really uh, clean hotel with, with the tasteful choices all around. Mm. Some hotels you can only contribute to depression mm, yes. <laughs> in my experience. <laughs> Gosh. Um. Well, may I can ask you this. This is a quote of yours <gasps> that I came across. Cool. I'm pretty uncomfortable with earnest storytelling. I think it comes from not wanting to romanticize depression or misery. <gasps> I feel a lot more inspired to make up something new and fun and dumb because it's like a reminder that it's okay to look at life through that kind of lens. I, I thought that was great. Thanks. I, I certainly, That's like exactly what we were just talking about. Yeah. Well, yeah. you said it first. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun to smash real feelings through a disguise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. But to have an outlet. Is, yeah. is the important thing. I don't mean to make light of it, but sure. um, that's uh, that's what it is. And really, it is the act of doing something. That's what's so hard when you get down so far, is yeah. to take that first step is so impossible, at, at least in my experience. Yeah. And even with a therapist, I, I didn't have great experiences with them. Mm. One was above a bagel shop, and uh, so bagels became kind of off limits for a while. And mm. another one, I think, thought that I was uh, her son, which became created a difficult dynamic mm, yeah. <laughs> between us. So you got to have the right person, and if it's the right medication, good. And if you can have a creative outlet, oh, my gosh, keep making things. Yeah. That's the, that's the key. And you have. You keep doing it. And you feel pretty good right now. Yeah. Yeah. This is all wonderful. Because um, I, I saw, I was, as I told you, I was walking out there today, and I was looking at all the people that are around, and I just found it impossible to really believe that they were all real and that they all have... <laughs> connections to other people mm -hmm. who also have feelings and they all go home to different places and they check their phones and make their dinners and it just was over I, I'm not sure that they are real mm. you ever feel that way yeah I think about that often like if I'm on the subway and someone is being irritating to me yeah well it doesn't have to be the subway you know if someone is walking slow in front of you or <laughs> right. Sitting too close to you, and you're like, they have space. Where are they? Right. Uh, and you just get like so mad at this person in a way that's like cartoonishly mad. Right. <laughs> like, like, uh, yeah, you would never like have these thoughts about someone that you like truly know of, like, ah, why don't they know that they're being so <laughs> stupid and bad right, right now. You give them a little more leeway. Yeah. That's what love is. So <laughs> sometimes, yeah, I feel like in those instances, I think like, oh, 
I bet this person had a bad day recently. (laughs) That's a a better way to think Um, about it. I just merely wiped them off the face of the earth. Mm, Yeah. They're all just projections. I'm just going through my day, and then somehow they're here to give the sense that the city is populated in my reality. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's true. How could you know if anyone else has consciousness? That's what I mean. I don't know. Sometimes I don't believe it. <laughs> but you do. And you uh, are doing some work at Seriously? Yes. Dot TV? Yes. And this is your, the job? This is the gig? Yes. The day job? Yes. You consider Is it okay to say that? Day yeah, job? it's a yeah. day job. Yeah. And it is a web content provider? Yeah. Of comedy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm pretty good so far at this, right? Figuring stuff out. And what are you contributing to that? They let you do all, it seems like you're on every video. Uh, Is it just you over there? (laughs) It's just me. It's a team of one. Um, Well, it's owned by Hearst and Verizon and... Two of our great companies. Yeah. And they have just like crazy demands. They want like six videos out a day and they all have to be about politics and the news and that's so many videos to make start from finish that's like insane that's a lot and uh, is that your doesn't i'm getting the sense that's not your natural uh inclination to do comedy about yeah this kind of thing yeah it's not really what i'm drawn to current events doesn't seem like yeah i never really like write jokes for my act about that um <laughs> right. but i like one of my favorite things was the colbert report so yeah great i like it when stuff like that is done in a silly way and um, you've covered uh as you said you do a trump uh you did a trump megan kelly yeah thing uh which they just had an interview and then you've done the kardashians yeah <laughs> <laughs> pretty decent kardashian uh, impression Thank too. You, you got to work on all these impressions, huh? Mm-hmm. What's that like? Um, I guess at work it's like someone will be like, "I wrote a thing about Barbara Boxer, <laughs> and we have to film it in half an hour." <laughs> and then I'll say, "Okay, great." And then I'll just like watch a bunch of YouTube videos really quick and like try to talk along with them (laughs) (laughs) you have a good ear for that yeah i guess so yeah Yeah. you get a wig and then you're there yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) but you also they they highlight as i was saying a while ago but they highlight your paintings oh yeah you still do paintings that are also pulled from current events yeah um so that's cool i had no idea that i'd be doing that when i started it's so. pretty. That's pretty great. Yeah. And there, as I was saying, there's kind of like an animation because you watch you. Yeah. In process, in a kind of time lapse, mm-hmm. do the drawings, yeah. or paintings, and you don't mess up in those paintings. Right. <laughs> it's pretty uh, um, uh, amazing skill. Thanks. Because you're drawing all manner of things. For me, I was like, eh. Mm-hmm. Now I got to start again. Let's do this again. But there's no there's no missed brush strokes. Is it actually what we're seeing? There's yes. some magic going on. No, That's pretty good. No That's just talent. Yeah. That's the San Francisco Art Institute. Well, the great thing about <laughs> paint is when you make a mistake, you just paint over oh, it. Oh, gosh. Isn't that right? true? <laughs> it seems purposeful to a viewer. <laughs> That's right. Well, you also uh, gave me the um, 
uh, means to uh, Google Dat Boy mm, because yeah. I didn't, I wasn't familiar with it. I had seen it here and there, but uh, this is a frog on a unicycle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, mm-hmm. which is uh, somehow become Dat Boy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you know why it became Dat Boy? No. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah. When you think of that little frog. It's just words She's and pictures. so funny. <laughs> that frog is funny. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the the vaporwave music video? <laughs> no. It's pretty beautiful. <laughs> yeah. It's just the frog. It's the frog unicycling, um, you know, in the middle of the composition. And I think he might be getting slowly bigger. And it's that kind of, do you know, um, like title sequence to super jail oh uh-huh so yeah it's yeah like the guy and the landscape keeps coming at you and yes. changing so it's like that and it's very hypnotic and beautiful <laughs> it's a great time isn't it mm-hmm. i mean one uh, to have things like that that, yeah. <laughs> that transcend uh art and comedy and uh the digital world uh, but also for for comedy in new york yeah you feel that yeah. It like, seems like it's pretty decent. There's some good people out there. There yourself are a lot am, of good Yourself people. among them. And so it's been positive for you. Yeah. This is a good time. Yeah, I like it so much. <laughs> well, good. Yeah. That's great. Uh, so that thing, uh, the the um, that thing, Cartoon Monsoon, mm-hmm. happens every Friday. Ooh, uh, every first Friday. Every first yeah. Friday. Oh, okay. Sorry. First Friday. I thought you were doing a weekly show with this. Still a lot. Still a lot. Yeah. The first Friday of every month at the Annoyance yeah. Theater. Uh, have any other shows coming up? <gasps> yeah. Um, I'm hosting a show called Future Forms with Sam Taggart, Joe Rumrell, and Julio Torres. It's like a stand-up showcase. And that's at Throne Watches on May 31st at 8 p.m. Throne Watches? Mm-hmm. Okay. It's a weird watch store in Williamsburg. <laughs> okay. It's very beautiful. I recommend that people check it out. I mean, not even just for the show. Just to come by for a watch. It's cool. You, they sell watches. Yeah. Yeah. They, I guess, from when I've been there, from what I gather, is it's almost like one watchmaker's studio and like showroom, and. This stuff is just like so beautiful and this cool. This is a, a art, artisanal watch store. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, he has uh, uses it as like a venue at night to bring in more money. That's terrific. Yeah. And do you, you, then we'll hear about. We'll follow along and see what happens oh, with yeah. Just for Laughs. I hope that that works out. And then, do you feel? Are you taking other steps to? I know you've been on uh, Jimmy Kimmel. Uh, in uh, when they were out here for something in Brooklyn, little yeah, videos. But I wasn't talking or nothing. You know, you're still there. They put that <laughs> yeah. credit down there. And um, uh, Comedy Central, right? Some other yeah. things that we would have heard about. I made some cartoons for them um, for like their social media. And I'm going to make more stuff with them. A Snapchat series. Oh my gosh. Which also will be painting involved. It's great. Yeah. Tell me how to use that. How to use it? Oh, yeah. Snapchat? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. 
I'll figure it <laughs> well, out. Once you when figure they it out, come back to me. <laughs> And uh, do you feel like you've moved uh, closer to any of the writing? You still want to have a writing job on one of these shows? Yeah. But now you might also want to be on one of these shows. Yeah. You always wanted to be. You wanted to be the secretary. Um, <laughs> I would be happy either way. Yeah. Yeah. It seems, it seems like a good gig. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Well, I, I wish you all the best. I'm sure it's going to uh, work out for you. Thanks. And I'm excited to see where things uh, go. Uh, for Thanks. you and thank you for spending some time with me thank you for having me All i right. liked it <laughs> i liked it too <laughs> all right thanks mary so there you have it wasn't that a delightful way to spend an hour with mary Houlihan? i tell you keep your eye out uh, for for her and be sure to seek out uh, what she's doing online uh, with seriously.tv and in in other uh, outlets there and certainly go go see the cartoon monsoon. I like a cartoon, sure. And uh, my thanks to uh, uh, Julie Katakis for the the bit at the top of the program as well. That will do it for us here at Dale HQ. Till next time, I will be singling out one of my empty whiskey bottles and telling it no repeatedly in an effort to assert some form of control over my own life. Oh, now let's get back to that great music that we all enjoy. Dale Radio is written and performed by James Bewley, musical director Steve O'Reilly. Season theme composed and performed by Shockwave. Podcast icon for season eight designed by Jenny Fine. Listen to Dale on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher Radio. And follow the program on Twitter at Dale Radio or on Instagram at Dale Seaver. If you'd like Dale to come to your local VFW or Elks Lodge, simply drop us a line at Dale Radio at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. You're the best. <laughs>